You're listening to the Art of Parenting podcast. I'm your host, Jeanne-Marie Penel. My intention is to share with you simple tips and tricks that will make a huge difference in your life, as well as giving you all the support and encouragement you deserve to enhance your parenting experience. I've created this safe place for us to explore the issues and concerns that matter to you bringing you clarity and solutions with Q&A sessions and inspirational conversations with world-renowned experts in a variety of fields. I've recently created a private community for us to continue these supportive and uplifting conversations. Click the Join the Art of Parenting Community Here button on this page and I will see you there. I'm a firm believer that parenting was never meant to be done alone, and I'm here to debunk the general consensus that it has to be hard. A warm welcome to you, and thanks for tuning in. Hey there, Jeanne-Marie Penel. Um, I just wanted to warn you that this episode might trigger some of you who might have had some postpartum difficulties. So this is, I'm, I'm sharing this after having recorded this interview with Katie Grant. She describes what she went through and some of it is not very pleasant. And I just wanted to be mindful and warn you that uh, it might trigger some of you. And if it does, or if there is anything going on in your postpartum mental health, please, please know that you are not alone. You are not to blame. And with help, you will be well. So just wanting to be mindful. Please enjoy this interview. It is very good, very powerful. And there are plenty, plenty of really good resources in the show notes. Alrighty, enjoy. Hello, everybody. This is Jeanne-Marie Penel back for a lovely interview. And today I have the lovely Katie Grant with us. Katie is an author, a ghostwriter, many other things, and I will let her uh, introduce herself. But I just wanted to give a little background that basically we, she just reminded me that we spoke many years ago when she was expecting her child. And then I have followed her writing on Medium. And today we get to uh, share our conversation. So hello and welcome, Katie. Thank you so much. Thank you yes. so much for having me. I, I'm honored. You were one of the first steps on my journey, like you said, when I was pregnant. And I actually... I have a very close family friend who was a principal at a Montessori school and I subbed for her once and um, taught Spanish there. And I knew that um, I wanted to raise my child in that way. And I happened to um, be donating some things while I was pregnant to the Goodwill. And there was the book Montessori from the start. So that's how I um, sort of, you know, started that with my um, daughter. But yes, I am a freelance writer, um, uh, nonfiction. Um, I've done a lot of copywriting and interviewing. Um, and I've been working on a ghostwriting a book, like you said. But I'm also 
um, a postpartum anxiety survivor. I'm an in- infertility survivor. Took a very long time to um, have my daughter. And I'm an older mom. I didn't have her until I was 47. Um, and she is also, I don't know if, if you talk about this much or if your listeners are familiar with highly sensitive or highly sensitive people, highly sensitive children, but my daughter is, and so am I. And that's been very interesting in navigating parenting with, um, both of us having that. And then my husband's not highly sensitive. So that's an interesting, um, dynamic. I can, I can imagine. And, and, yeah. and thank you for, for that introduction. Um, I always like to start these also by knowing what your definition is of the art of parenting. So how would you define the art of parenting? Oh, goodness. Um, I think it is a fine, following a fine line between establishing and holding boundaries and allowing them to be themselves. Mm-hmm. That's a, yes, a very fine line for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a great, that's a great definition. And I love it because I have been asking this, uh, you know, for 50 plus interviews and I always get something different. So I just wow. love that question. <laughs> so um, you already shared a little bit uh, about yourself, but I'd love to know maybe a little bit more as to why, why parenting? Like you seem to be writing a lot about um, parenting. And I know in medium, you, you are always in a parent is born. So I don't know, is that a category where other uh, people write? Or is that your category, a parent is born? Oh, there's plenty of people who focus on writing about parenting. Yeah, it's a it's a good um, space to be in. Uh huh. And and what what brought you there? Um, being a parent. <laughs> just so, so from, from being a parent, you just started writing about it. Yeah. You know what happened? Um, I didn't do a lot of writing about myself until okay. the pandemic. Oh. And then I did have some jobs here and there, but I just felt so compelled to just write because nothing else was going on. And I had just discovered Medium and that you could just publish whatever you want and try to get into, you know, published by publications within Medium. Mm -hmm. So I had always wanted to just write, you know, my, my stories um, for magazines and haven't, I've had a little bit of luck, but not as much as I wanted to. So I wanted to create a body of work so that if someone were to hire me, they would go, oh, okay, she knows what she's talking about and she can write. Right, right. Wonderful. And, uh, and I just love your, your, you know, your honesty and how you speak about these different issues that that we have as parents. And if you don't mind, I mean, I would love for you to maybe share with our listeners kind of your postpartum uh, experience, because I think that that is a topic that is unfortunately uh, still kept a, a, as as a bit of a taboo, you know. I think that when we become parents, and especially mothers, and and I know postpartum also affects our our male partners, but 
uh, it's still, you know, we're supposed to be in this lovely cloud of love and everything is just fine and, and, and all that. But I've, you know, I, I know for myself that it's not always that easy. I've worked with uh, people with postpartum anxiety and depression and so forth. So I'd love if you could share maybe your experience, but maybe more for our listeners of kind of what to look out for, you know, how, how to, to determine that there's something where we might need some extra support. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I do find that it's, it wasn't talked about in my circle, but I was sharing on Facebook during the time because I really needed help. And I reached out to any of my friends or especially other mothers to, you know, come in and, and get me company um, while I was with the baby. But um, I was, I had a birth doula and a postpartum doula. And of course my OBGYN, they all screened me for postpartum depression, but not for postpartum anxiety. Okay. And it is an entirely different set of 12 questions to determine whether you have it or not. And the way I discovered it was I was breastfeeding and I would sit there thinking in, in my head, when's three hours from now? When's three hours from then? When's three hours from then? When am I going to sleep? Is she going to sleep? And it was this tape that played in my head 24 hours a day. Like, I'm not kidding. I, that was all I could think about. And I am emotionally intelligent enough and self-aware enough to be able to look at that and say, well, that's not reality. That There's something wrong here. So one night in the middle of the night, I was Googling and discovered the 12 questions for postpartum anxiety. And I had every single one. And I showed it to my husband. At first I told him and he was like, no. And I showed it to him and he's like, oh, yes, <laughs> you do. So. I then took it upon myself to work in, in various ways to help it. Um, and I'll go over my symptoms in a minute. But I tried at first um, working with my acupuncturist, who I had been working with while I was pregnant. And she was using herbs. And that, that worked for a little bit. And then it wasn't. And then I um, contacted a psychiatrist. And she started out with, um, giving me progesterone, which did mm -hmm. work for a while, and then it didn't. And so eventually, because postpartum anxiety is strictly hormonal, there is nothing you can you can't talk it out with a therapist. It is a physical, biological thing that is happening in your body. So I eventually went on an SSRI, which took the full eight weeks to kick in, which it doesn't always, and um, then it worked. But my symptoms, besides those repetitive thoughts about breastfeeding, I mean, this is going to sound a little um, morbid, but I want to say it because it is an actual symptom, not just something that I had. But I would have visions of knives coming at my daughter's head. And oh apparently goodness. that's a common symptom, which is so strange. Um, I, I, okay, so... My husband was home for the first three months, thank goodness. But when he left and I was home with her, I was so lonely. I would mm. listen to podcasts while I was breastfeeding so that I would feel like someone's in the room. And all I needed was company of someone else's presence. They didn't even need to talk to me. 
I just needed someone there to of feel course. better. Of course. Um, and so there was the loneliness and I was paralyzed. I, when she napped, all I could do was sit there and stare at the monitor. I really couldn't even get up from the chair. I couldn't watch television. I couldn't read a book. I couldn't color. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything except watch it. And that's no fun. <laughs> and that's, you know, not if there's a should, that's not really how it should be. I don't think. Um, so I got on medication and then around the same time, cause I was talking with a close mom friend of mine who our daughters were born like three weeks apart and then, but she had an older son. And so she'd kind of been through it. Um, she said, I think you should talk to my doula because I think she might be able to help you. And so I did, I contacted her and we agreed she would come every morning for a week, like five days. And essentially she taught me how to be a mom. She taught me how to get out of the house and wear her so I could go shopping in Target. Um, we went to the park one day and I was like, well, what do I do with her at the park? She's just going to lay there. She's like, have her touch the trees, bring some toys. <laughs> you know, I just, none of these things occurred to me. And it sounds Right. And and may I ask, like, how how far into your postpartum uh, were you at this time when this lovely doula came in? Yes. So my daughter was born in the middle of March and this was the first week in July. So April, May, June, so that was four months in. OK. Yeah. Um, I mean, I before I got on medication, I had panic attacks. I um, I did have suicidal thoughts. I would be mm-hmm. driving with her in the car and think, well, if I were to kill myself, how would I do it? And then I'd think, well, I guess I could drive into traffic, but no, that would hurt other people. So I think I would just take too many. Pills. Oh my goodness. I know. Oh, and, and yeah. I, I mean, I would never do that and I have never been suicidal otherwise, but I did have those thoughts because the way I explain how I felt is it was like I was skinned and walking slowly through toxic mud. Wow. Like it was so painful. And when people say, oh, the baby years, they go by so fast. I disagree. It was not fast for me. I felt every moment of that. And I love my daughter and I bonded with her and I was really good with her and I still am. I know that to be true. But in my head, I was really having a hard time. Right, right. And so, so good of your friend to suggest this doula, because Mm -hmm. for me, you know, it it goes back to this idea or this notion that parenting was never, ever meant to be done alone. Exactly. And so (laughs) even with your husband home for three months, I mean, you're both new parents, you both are, you know, somewhat clueless, unless we, you know, we do some, some, work beforehand and we have, you know, uh, a parenting mentor. I mean, that's, that's what I love. The the work that I do is really to accompany new parents into this, this uh, amazing role. And yet, yes, it's kind of scary and we, we don't know what's going on. And, and like you say, you know, this is, this is um, a medical 
diagnosis this anxiety. Like it's not, you're not, you know, you're not bad. You're not wrong. It's just, this is your body that is, that is reacting to this new role. And, you know, and I, and I, I keep on wondering because you did say you were, you know, an older mother, was that, you know, did that play in it? Did your, you know, whole infertility journey play into that? Who knows, right? Right. What it is, is that, you were very, very wise to go, wait a minute, this is not right. Yeah. And that's what I want, you know, people to hear if they're, they are having any sort of thoughts. It's like, there's nothing wrong with you. Mm-hmm. It's, you you know, you will get better and, and you need to get help because yes. it is not something that we can navigate alone. Um, and uh, thank you for sharing that because I know that of that's course. not always easy to to bring that up, but you're doing a big service uh, by sharing it. So thank you. One thing you did mention that I, I, I put a question mark, what is SSRI? Oh, that's, um, it, I forget what it stands for, but it's, um, it's like Lexapro or, you know. Um, so um, it's like, it's hormone, it's hormone? No, it oh, actually okay. is often prescribed for anxiety. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. And so how long of a kind of how long did this journey last for you until you started seeing uh, more, starting to have more positive thoughts and and feeling more confident about your parenting? Um, You know, I think, I think it was getting better probably, hmm, definitely by the time she was a year, but probably before that. Okay. Um, once this doula taught me how to get out of the house and yes. I thought, okay, I need to plan outings every day, whether I'm yes. by myself or not. So I made, I'm, a, I'm not, I mean, like I'm organized, but I don't always, you know, plan so far ahead. But what I did was I, I said, okay, on Wednesdays mornings, we go to the library to baby story time on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we go to the baby gym on Fridays, I go to baby sign language class. And on Monday, um, I go to yoga with her. Uh, And I had to do that. And once I got into that routine, and I was continuously getting out of the house, I kind of felt like, oh, I got this. (laughs) You know, it was just the act of doing it that made me feel good. Right, right. And and just like anything, right? It's yeah. it's we 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 find clarity when we start taking action and and it's when we start taking action that that things happen. So so beautiful. I'm glad that you were able to to get that support and how to me it just sounds like how simple, right? right? How simple to just have somebody to hold your hand and say, you know, you've got this. Let's go outside. Yeah. When when when, you know, I, I just, I, I, my heart goes out to, to all the parents who just are parenting in total isolation. And especially, you know, these past two years where we have, you know, quote unquote, these (laughs) pandemic babies where, you know, I have a lot of clients who, who became parents during this time when we were all isolated, where they weren't able to have family members to come and help out and all of that. So, my heart really goes out to to you and and I hope that you're able to you know to find your your village now and and your community which is extremely important yeah I mean 
and you're right. I was alone because I, my, my, both of our families are on the East coast. I live in California. My mother came out frequently, but it's not the same as having her there every day, you know? And because I'm an older mom, my friends who have kids already had them and they were in high school probably when I had my daughter. Now they're all going to college. So I didn't, thank goodness I joined something called the Moms Club, which is, I think, an international organization, if not national here in the U.S. It's M-O-M-S. It stands for Moms Offering Moms Support. And you can look up and see if there's a local group. And so my husband basically made me fill out the paperwork to try to help me find some mom friends. And that's where I met my best mom friend. She came to the meeting, walked her daughter to the park when she was like two weeks old. I couldn't believe it. And she became my mentor, really. She became my mom mentor. And she's the one who told me about the doula. So, um, yes, it was so helpful I wished I had like a group of moms where we would go to the park every day and just hang out with our babies, but I just didn't have that. So, right. You know. Right. And it's, and it's, you know, it's not easy to, to find that village when we are, when we're adults, I mean, whether you're older or yeah. not, it's not always easy. I know that um, at the beginning of my, my business, I was running a lot of kind of mommy and me groups mm-hmm. That, uh, and I know to this day that some of those moms are still very good friends and they're, you know, they're on, on numerous children. And, and I just love that that was a place where they could bond. And this was, you know, this was moms with their newborns and I was just, um, teaching them about Montessori and how to set up the home and we observed and all of this. And it was just, you know, an hour every week, but they were able to uh, create their village. And I know that they really helped each other for a long time after that. So very important. And I have to say, you know, hats off to your husband to (laughs) have, have realized that, like realize that that is something that you needed, right? Because I think sometimes our partners are maybe at a loss as to how they can, help us. And, you know, if they, if they do have to go back to work, they have other concerns. And, you know, sometimes we're told, oh, it's nothing, you know, it will pass, don't worry, right? Just go out, whatever. (laughs) But sometimes we we need that little extra help and love and support. So so that was wonderful that you found that. Wonderful. Um, Anything else that you would want to maybe share with our listeners who who maybe are uh, expecting and um, kind of what, what, what words would you have for them to, to just prepare uh, their postpartum experience to, to be. You know, I think it's, and I did some of this, but I think it's so important to realize that there is a, fourth trimester. (laughs) Mm. And it is, I mean, of course, everything becomes about the baby because you're trying to keep this being alive. But if there is any way to put even half as much attention on yourself as you are on your baby, it's so beneficial. Like um, researching or finding a postpartum doula or just looking up on your own, the the foods that are good for you to eat. 
once you're recovering, you know, whether you're breastfeeding or not, or um, whether you had a cesarean or natural birth, like, like literally the things you need to be physically comfortable. Um, very important. I like that. I would say yeah. definitely look up the list of symptoms for postpartum anxiety and postpartum depression and have yourself and, you know, someone else in your family that's close to you, whether it's a partner or a family member or a very close friend, have them look at it too, to get their opinion. And it might not show up right away if that's something that's going to happen. So just kind of be on the lookout for that. And definitely, like you just said, get some people, uh, on board to come visit you to support you. I mean, some people want to be alone with the baby to bond and that totally makes sense to me. And and we did that for a certain number of weeks before we even, I mean, I think my mom came after when she was two weeks, but most people, we didn't have people in and out of the house. Um, but you know, even just someone FaceTime, um, find other moms beforehand and, people usually end up, you know, making you food and putting it in your freezer. But uh, if they don't, then you could ask for that, too. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love all that. And that's, that's all things that I know, I really recommend with the families that I work with is about, you know, really making sure that you have your community set up, right? That that you know that you know who you're going to call in the middle of the night when you're having a hard time breastfeeding or that you're not understanding like who 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 are those people, right? Uh, is it your best friend, is it your sister, is it your mother, your brother, whatever, but know and and kind of have a plan ahead of time where you know how you want this fourth trimester to look because there is truly a fourth trimester and that way you know I, I know some moms are probably going what, and I'm, like, what? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm already done with the third like are you serious but yeah. there is I mean heck your 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 body has gone through you know this incredible transformation for for nine months has created yeah. this other human being you're birthing another human being yes there is a moment where you're going to need to take care of yourself, you know, slow down, recuperate and all that. And, and it's, you know, and, and I love when you say research, because it's true that um, there are many, you know, ancient traditions and, and traditions still in, in other cultures where those 40 days after the birth are extremely important and that we give great attention to it in, like you say, you know, the, the, the foods that we're going to eat to to get our energy back, to be able to produce good milk, so on and so forth. And, and that usually it is women that gather around the, the birthing mother and who is there to, to clean up, to make sure yes. she's showering, to, you know, wash bottles. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, um, and it's, yeah. I wanted to say along those lines, um, you know, even when you do have support, like our postpartum doula, we didn't have a, we didn't, we weren't able to hire her for a very long time or for her to live with us or anything, but we bought, I think 24 hours from her and it, it could be broken up. So 
we had her meet us at our house as we drove home from the hospital. <laughs> because wonderful, wonderful. I, neither of us were, I was not a baby person. I was never like, oh, can I hold the baby? Mm-hmm. And I did babysit and stuff when I was younger, but I just really, I was scared. I didn't really know what to do. So we had her stay for probably eight hours. And she, I did have trouble breastfeeding. And okay. um, I used a, a nipple shield. Okay. And at first, and I was told that, you know, you'll, you won't need it eventually, but I really did. And I mean, I needed one of those pillows that goes around your body so she can rest there. Like I needed this whole setup. And um, the doula was trying to help us when, when I was putting her on my breast, she got fussy. And so she took the baby back and was kind of trying to shush her to get her calm again. And I just let her do it because I thought, well, she's the expert. This is what she does. But I really didn't like that she did that. And so I want to encourage people to hold on to their power in those moments. And your instinct is the one that's right. And so stand up for yourself, even if there's people trying to help and it's something you're not comfortable with, definitely speak up. Definitely. I really, I really appreciate that you say that because to me, it's, there is kind of this instinctual, uh, you know, kind of waves that, that, that come on that, um, that we definitely need to listen to even, you know, just, just like that, you were giving up this, this, kind of, you know, oh, she's the expert. Well, no, you're the expert. You're the, you're the mother. You're the one that just, you know, birthed this, this human being, but you weren't, you weren't empowered to take that, right? You, you hadn't been given the tools or, or such. And, and it's interesting because when you were sharing that, uh, what came to mind is I would say to those expecting who, like you said, you described yourself at not being a baby person, mm-hmm. I would encourage you to try to spend some time with babies. Mm-hmm. Like, you yes. know, go observe babies, go to the park, see little ones. If your friends are having babies, like go hang out with babies because first of all, I feel they're amazing. Like I'm, I'm a total baby person (laughs) from, from a very young age. And, and I was, I was blessed with, with uh, three little brothers in, in the space of like 18 months when I was uh, about 11. So I'm, I'm, I'm all, you know, I'm all about babies, but, um, but it's it's true that there are, you know, a lot of us who were never around babies, we're maybe an only child, or we were the youngest or, you know, and, and we just didn't have that experience. So go get your hands you know, uh, dirty, like go, go change some diapers, go hold some babies, go, you know, that, that I think it's really important to, to be around these little humans to feel more comfortable. Yeah, definitely. And one thing I wanted to mention that I don't know if this is okay to mention, um, but uh, you know, there are places you can register, of course, for baby gear, right. And clothes and this and that. But I heard about this new company, which is called Little Honey Money. And you can register for baby stuff there, but you can register for postpartum care to help you pay for a doula. They're all about this fourth trimester thing and helping moms get what they need 
after they give birth. So, so it's kind of more focused on the mom than the baby. And I, it looks like an amazing um, company to me. Oh, wow. Okay. I will look into that and, and include it in the show notes. Um, That sounds, that sounds lovely. And, and it's interesting because I know for me, you know, I, talk a little bit about creating a registry and and I actually have um, like a free download for for a registry but I keep it very minimal and for me it is also about like the support right of maybe maybe getting um, you know a diaper service for the first two months right because if you do want to do cloth diapering well you're really not going to want to be doing laundry those first two months so you know those are kind of things that are important to take care of yourself. And, and I just want to go back to that because you say, you know, about that the fourth trimester is about taking care of ourselves 50%. Mm-hmm. I would say even more. <laughs> well, I wanted to, I, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to scare anybody and have them be like, I can't do that. But yeah, I agree with but you. But you can, you can, <laughs> because to me, that is, you know, your, your child needs you healthy and yes. and in a good mindset and and if you don't take care of yourself then then you know you're you are sleep deprived and you are you know getting anxiety and depressed and all of that so so being really mindful to ask for help that that I know it's hard for us because we're taught to you know tough it out and that you know we can do anything but like I say, parenting was never meant to be done alone. So be okay with saying, Hey, you know, I'm, can you come over for two hours every day so I can take a nap? (laughs) That's it. Right. Right. Actually, that reminds me of of something else I wanted to mention as far as support goes. um, You know, like I did have help in the hospital with breastfeeding, but after I got home, I had, um, a lactation specialist come to the house. And I think that's a brilliant service. And oftentimes you can get your insurance to cover it. Okay. Um, and if you're going to pump or, or pump and breastfeed, um, you can often get, um, a pump through your insurance as well. Okay. Um, which is great. And, um, so I also wanted to talk more about, um, how, my anxiety was really triggered by the breastfeeding and my repetitive thoughts about that. And I was planning to breastfeed for a year or as long as I could. Um, and I, my psychiatrist ended up giving me an article that was written by three reproductive psychiatrists from UCLA, all mothers, women, who each told their stories about how they did not uh, either didn't breastfeed at all or stopped because they had trouble and why it was such a good decision for them. And I think this is so important to talk about because there is a certain amount of shame around whether you breastfeed or you don't, whether you bottle feed or you use, um, you know, formula and how long you do it for. But like you said, I think the most important thing is for the mother to be healthy and that's in body, mind and spirit. And so I read that article and I just was sort of thinking about that. And then my brother-in-law came to visit to meet my baby and he said, wow, I wish we had gone to formula 
sooner because his wife had a really hard time breastfeeding and she couldn't produce milk. And they said as once they got to formula, it was so much better. And then the third sign was I went to the park with my mom's bub and there was a woman who also just couldn't produce milk. And so she went to formula and I saw her at the park, put some formula powder in a bottle, add some water, shake it up and feed her daughter right then and there. And I was like, oh my gosh, could it really be that easy? And at the same time, my daughter started um, really sort of reacting when I tried to breastfeed her. She, I would put her on the breast and she would pull away and her face would get all tight and red and she would throw her head back and forth and start crying. And so I called my lactation specialist and she said, huh, it sounds like you're both done. Like, you're both done and that's okay. And then my dad is a physician and he said, it's been three months. She can make her own antibodies now. And so I was like, I, I'm done. And she said, okay, so you might want to do it like one more time to feel that bond. And I was like, nope, I do not need to do it again. And so I stopped and that night was the first night my daughter slept through the night, <laughs> which was so strange. So I went to formula and I'm so glad that I did. Um, I'm also glad that I breastfed, but I think whatever the mother needs is okay because your baby's going to be fine regardless. Yes. Yes. No, thank you for sharing that because it's true what you say about, you know, this badge of honor to breastfeed for, you know, as long as you possibly can and all this and, and, you know, it can be a, an amazing experience for for a lot and and some you know do struggle with it i know for me it was it was very easy and and extremely natural and it's funny because for me i had i had the, the contrary where those around me and at the time my mother was out of the country so she didn't meet her first grandchild until maybe she was a month but i remember my mother-in-law and then my my stepmom both had not breastfed because in their generation it just wasn't done like you know the 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 baby formula had done a very good job to kind of uh, disempower women to think that you know formula was best right and so it was fascinating how their reaction was like, oh, my gosh, why are you doing that? <laughs> wow. And to me, it was like, well, it just feels natural. And and I think I had seen my own mother, you know, breastfeed my, my younger brother and so forth. And so for me, it just seemed very natural. But uh, for the first child, I was actually in France. And in France, you get um, three months of, uh, you know, you, you, you don't go back to work until three months after you have your child. And for me, it just was like, I, I didn't even think twice about it. It was like, I am going to breastfeed for as long as I'm with her. I never even considered a pump. I don't know even if they existed 25 years right. ago. <clears throat> and I just, you know, and, and when it was time to go back to work, well, I weaned her off the breast and, and there I was. So it was also, you know, three months, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, could I have gone longer? Sure. But, uh, but it just, you know, like you say, I listened to what my needs were, what her needs were, and we were done. And I just love what you say about, you know, how you were told that, okay, well, it looks like she's done. Because I think a lot of times, I mean, I see on some of the 
you know, chats and everything that moms might complain about a breastfeeding strike. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I want to say, well, maybe it's more than a strike. Maybe this is just, you know, time to move on. So again, I empower all of you moms out there, (laughs) parents, listen to your own intuition, listen to what your child is telling you, listen to what your heart is telling you, you know best. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that, Katie, because I know that it's not, you know, like I said at the beginning, it's it's somewhat taboo that we talk about these uncomfortable feelings and, and struggles and everything because, you know, people want us to believe that it's all all lovely, sweet and roses, yeah. but it, it isn't that way. So thank you for that. Wonderful. Uh, is there anything, the, any kind of parting words? Actually, I do have one, um, one more question for you mm-hmm. uh, that uh, I like to ask my guests. And that is, um, so you said your daughter was five. So if you were to go back, uh, you know, six years when you were expecting her, what wise words would you uh, give yourself today with with all of the experience and the knowledge that you have today, like to go back and say to that expecting mother, what what were those wise words be? Um, I would say whatever happens, happens. And it's okay if things don't go the way you planned. Like I was planning on having a natural birth and I did um, hypnosis, hypnobirthing training. And, um, I ended up having a cesarean and mm-hmm. I actually didn't really have a good experience, um, with the birth. It was actually a little traumatic for me. And so what I would say is whatever happens, it's okay. And ask for help. Lovely. Thank you for that. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and uh, your experience does, you know, what you shared is true. It's, it's what happens, happens. And, and I know you're, you're a happy, you know, wonderful mother, but it's, it wasn't, it wasn't easy all the time. So, so thank you for that. Um, any, any last words that you would like to um, leave our listeners with? There was one other tool I wanted to mention that I used. I I mentioned that when I was breastfeeding, I was listening to podcasts. Uh And one of the ones I would listen to is um, uh, the TED Talk radio hour. So they would have three TED Talks that they would sort of play a little bit of each. And there was a theme that tied them together. And one day I was listening to one. um, And I think her name is, her last name is McGonagall. Um, she had a, a very, um, real brain injury and the only way to recover from that was to not do anything like not read, not listen to music, not write. She could just kind of lay there in the hospital and in, and in bed at home. And so, and she was a game inventor, like an online gamer and she's decided, okay, um, either I'm going to kill myself or I'm going to turn this into a game. And she created an app called super better and it's amazing. And it can be used for any reason, whether you want, like you have to pick a goal and it could be anything from losing weight to 
climbing a mountain. And so my goal was to have fun being a mom. And it's all backed on science and it will give you certain things, little steps to take, like take, take one step away from the couch, drink a glass of water, um, onto more, you know, creative things, but then you could click on the science of it and why that might help you. Anyway, I can say that, you know, using that tool and all the other support that I got, I am now having fun being a mom and I have been for a long time. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. <laughs> Just that makes me so happy to hear that. Wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Katie, for for coming on the Art of Parenting podcast and sharing your story. I know it will benefit uh, many of our listeners. So thank you again. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Have you been searching for the owner's manual to your child or did you just misplace it? Are you tired of trying to figure out this whole parenting puzzle, not knowing what to do when it comes to tantrums, hitting or biting, sibling rivalry, potty training, proper sleep habits, or just plain wanting a better relationship with your child? You know, I've been at this for a while now and wanted to share my own parenting manual. It's called The Parenting School, and I've created it with you in mind. Give your child and yourself the gift of mindful parenting in just a few short weeks and discover all the tools you'll ever need to parent without losing your patience, giving in, or worrying that you're messing up. If you're yearning to be more patient and present with your child while finding balance in your own life, then you already know that you need effective parenting tools and ongoing support. You know you weren't meant to be raising children alone. And you probably already know that having the right parenting tools during moments of conflict is the key to staying grounded, responding with empathy, and strengthening your parent-child relationship. You've probably sensed that you'd be a more confident parent if you had a like-minded community supporting and encouraging you. Your skills have gotten you this far, but most days you still feel like you're making it up as you go. So here's what I've got for you. Reliable parenting principles that will allow you to finally set boundaries you can confidently uphold, communicate effectively with your child, declutter your home to enhance your child's independence, learning, and family harmony, and find more time to do the things you love. This is what the parenting school is all about. During this digital parenting course, you'll get weekly modules with lessons focused on key areas to get you where you want to be. These modules come packed full of video tutorials, journal prompts, actionable activities, expert interviews, and more, as well as weekly Lifeline group mentoring calls where I answer your questions personally plus a virtual village with like-minded parents supporting each other during this deep-dive parenting intensive. I'll also include some extra special bonuses to keep you inspired and motivated along the way. So if this sounds too good to be true and you're ready to up-level your parenting skills as well as your family's well-being, head on over to The Parenting School at voilamontessori.com slash tps dash enroll. That's TPS for The Parenting School dash enroll. 
to learn more about the, all the benefits of this fabulous interactive digital course I've created just for you. And by the way, I've also added the link in the show notes for you. Looking forward to supporting you and your family. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Art of Parenting. And if you did, please make sure to share it with your loved ones. And do come share your takeaways in our private Facebook community. I'd also be grateful for a review on iTunes so it can get heard by many more. And remember, if you've got a question, let me know. I'm here for you. Till next time.